0: The Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, Episode 11. So you're someone who loves to focus on what is important in each moment. In fact, there may be few things more cherished than being in the flow state when you're getting your best work done. As it's happening, time flies by and sometimes you even feel euphoric. Proud of what you're accomplishing. But too much of a good thing is never good. And if you have ever missed a midday meal because you're engrossed in your work, you may know that sometimes you need a reminder or an interruption at just the right moment. They're helpful, they keep you on track and they prevent you from making mistakes. But how do you program these interruptions or reminders into your life? In this solo episode, I'll be sharing my thinking about this particular problem and what needs to be invented for us to get some permanent relief. Welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. This episode is brought to you by NASB, the fastest way to done. NASB is an all-in-one tool for effective task and project management for individual users and teams. It organizes your work with simplicity so that you can focus on getting stuff done. NASB is free for up to five active projects and five people in a team, so there's no excuse to wait. And the premium plan with a limited project starts with only $19 a month. Set it up in three easy steps and watch your projects move forward. So thanks to Nozbe for sponsoring this episode of the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not just reading a, a, a promo spot. I've used Nozbe. I actually used them for about a month. I'm still using them, but started about a month and a half ago to interact with the folks from the company as they were sponsoring the Task Management and Time Locking Summit. And it's the best software I've ever used to communicate task and project information back and forth, mostly focused around the tasks that you need to do. Strongly recommend it. That's NASB. Find out more, go to www.nasby.com. Welcome back. So let's start with a story. Ivan has a terrible problem, he's a creative graphics designer who must tap into a deep place to come up with his best ideas sometimes that may mean working for 12 hours straight without eating, without going to the restroom and even without stretching his back by taking a simple walk or a stroll around the office but it's not just a momentary problem. On a brick project He'll forget to pay bills for weeks at a time, he'll stop spending enough time with his kids to support his family emotionally, and he'll quit his exercise program. While the results of his work are gratifying and his professional achievements are many, he wishes he could be more balanced when he's doing his best work. Too many balls are being dropped, including a not so funny incident when he accidentally left his eight year old kid at the park until it was dark, while he was working on a deadline. Frankly, he's scared that if he messes with a good thing, the quality of his output will suffer. So he's reluctant to of too much. But there should be a way, he thinks, to be an accomplished professional who executes his practical responsibilities with some degree of basic skill. So if this story resonates, have you ever found yourself in a similar dilemma, like an Ivan. Either on the micro level where you're working on a particular task, you enter the flow state, you have given it your total concentration, time is flying, you're doing your best work, you're really thrilled to be using your best capabilities, your best skills on something that's really challenging. So there's a good balance between challenge and the difficulty of the difficulty of the task and the skills that you have uh, only to realize at six o'clock that you mixed breakfast and lunch or that there was an important meeting that the reminder came up but you dismissed it and you were back to work somehow you really enjoyed it so much and you accomplished so much but at the same time something else went to heck on the micro level and on the macro level month two months you're deeply involved in some long-term project and when the project was finished all of a sudden you had five extra pounds and you don't know where they came from or your kid graduated and you don't even know what happened in the meantime did you go to the graduation you can't remember extreme case but both of these situations if you if they resonate with you any at all both of them come from the same place they they come from a failure to interrupt yourself effectively we usually refer to it as a failure to remind yourself to do something because we're brought up to try to use our memory to interrupt ourselves it's called prospective memory that's the, the, the psychologist psychological name for it but we tend to think of interruptions of this nature to come from the mind which is why we use the word remind ourselves but more broadly speaking it's really a failure to make an interruption happen at the right moment a failure of prospective memory so let's say that that's that's what we're trying to overcome this tendency within ourselves to not remind ourselves which is a part of not interrupting ourselves. So the way we say it to our people is that we, we forgot. So we talk about forgetting, we talk about the use of memory and um, we we're in the middle of something and it was important and we somehow skipped over the fact that this interruption was important. And unfortunately, you know, most of us would like to effectively interrupt ourselves. But as we look at our ecosystem, the tools that we have to work with, whether they're uh, on a a PC, a laptop, or they're on a phone or some people have watches, the combination of that or a tablet, the combination of all of them has created a bit of a mess. Even on on a closed ecosystem like Apple's, for example, the way they work together is haphazard it doesn't jibe. some notifications work all the time some don't work they work some of the time they're not in sync there are a number of things they don't do but they don't produce the result we want which is to get the exact and precise interruptions that we need to either interrupt the microflow state or interrupt some longer project that we're working on and if you're someone who has struggled to get your notifications to work, you may know what I'm talking about. Or if you're someone who's just turned them all off, you probably know what I'm talking about. And if you're someone who's gotten them to work, you know, kudos, kudos to you. Um, unfortunately, I've noticed that whenever Windows does an update or Android does an update, all of my careful settings go to heck, and the apps that I was relying on stop working. So the net effect is the same a failure to interrupt myself effectively or a failure to build an ecosystem that does it for me. Um, most of us can't afford to have an administrative assistant or a, a, a remote admin, you know, a, a, someone who is working for us, a remote assistant, um, to do this kind of thing for us. We don't have a, a secretary. We don't have, if you watch The West Wing, we don't have a Mrs. Landingham to tap on our shoulder if we're the President of the United States and says, "Sir, your next meeting is supposed to start in five minutes, or you need to leave for the summit in half an hour, or you need to, you told me to remind you when it's time to go and have dinner in the residence." That Mrs. Landingham was the interrupter, and you know, in the movie, she plays the role of a perfect person in terms of her ability to do this. Now, when we're on the receiving end of this, it's it's at least annoying, irritating, and sometimes a set of a feeling of upset when we're in the moment and realize that we missed something that was important and we needed to be interrupted in order to accomplish, there could even be a sense of panic because now we have to scramble to do something, make something work, make something fit. And in that moment, we realize that we missed the interruption or the interruption failed we are out of the flow state once we get out of the flow state studies show it takes us 25 minutes to get back in or if we try to stay in the flow state because we have to get the job done we get the job done very badly because it's not very good quality flow state probably not flowing at all at that point other people around us when they see that we get engrossed like this they think that we are absent minded you know, like Mr. Magoo or some kind of professor who gets lost and can't, you know, do basic things. The rest of the world is able to process these interruptions and to work effectively, but we get lost and we're not effective and people notice and they make jokes about us and they say that we, we can't trust us to have the head we have our heads in the clouds or we're artists, what do you expect? He's been in front of the easel for the last forty eight hours. And people sometimes just make accommodations for us, but it's not the good kind of accommodation. It's the kind where they shake their heads, kind of roll their eyes and say, he, is, he or she is just not, not you know, he's this kind of person and he's that kind of person. But, you know, deep down, we really want to be high achievers, which is why we care, why, why you're listening to this podcast. You want to accomplish sound and good things in all parts of your life. You don't want to leave any of them out, right? You want to be good at your art or your programming or your writing or whatever you use the flow state for. And you want to be good at managing interruption. You want to be good at meeting the needs of your family. You want to be good at remembering to pick up your kids. You don't want to be someone who is flaky. You want to be reliable not just because you want to be seen as reliable because you want to be reliable in and of yourself it's an intrinsic want an intrinsic goal that you have for you you want to be someone who takes care of business and you want to be someone who does your best work so you're thinking there's got to be a way there ought to be a way there there should be a way to do both to be effective in doing awesome work and at the same time taking care of the practical needs of life because the truth is if you don't become good at this if you don't find a way to solve this problem the practical side of life will eventually erode the quality of life of even your ability to get into the flow state because you know you can't go to stay in the flow state for so long if you don't eat the body requires certain drink water Your body requires certain basics and if you try to persist in the flow state without eating and drinking, for example, resting at some point, it will only destroy the quality of the flow state. So there's only so far you can go without there being some negative feedback. Also something, you know, you got to pay the rent, right? If you're someone who's a creative and you need to bill, you need to invoice or you need to ship, you know, do the boring side of the work. You don't do the boring side of the business very well. You won't have a business. You won't earn the right to go into the flow state and do your best work and be as creative as you want to be. You won't be like the, the or, or protagonist who, you know, he, he, Ivan was a, a, a graphics designer and he wanted to do, keep doing his best work. Well, you got to create an environment, a business that allows you to do that. And if you don't care, take care of these seemingly mundane, non-creative activities, if you don't find a way to interrupt yourself to get them done on a micro and macro level, you won't have a business. And you lose the, lose the ability to go into the flow state, go take a job flicking, flipping burgers, right? When we realize we have the problem, or we try to do is, you know, try harder to remember. I'm not sure how we do that, but we, we try, you know, we determination. We may ask someone who's not reliable, you know, ask a, a spouse or, or kids or a friend, do me a favor, remind me when so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And they might not be, might be the right person, might not be a Mrs. Landingham, and they make a mistake. And they do their life, and they're like, oh, you want me to remind you? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I can't barely remember to brush my own teeth, let alone remind you. That's <laughs> not, not, not a good solution. Uh, but So of us, just as I mentioned before, we turn off all our notifications. Um, or you try and turn all of them on and then you have overload. Neither situation is ideal. Um, Or we go out of pocket and we pay for someone who is reliable, which is inexpensive. I read a McKinsey report that said that most companies have cut back on their admin support for executives to cut the cost, even though studies show that they help executives to be more productive. In other words, they're not really looking at cost-benefit, the cost-benefit trade-off. They're really just trying to cut the cost. So the reason this problem kind of exists and keeps going and, and eventually infects us as human beings is that we, we suffer from something called the Zagarnik effect. And that's what happens when you, for example, make a promise to interrupt yourself at 2 o'clock to have lunch. One of two things happens. One is that you either forget or your mind devotes 5%, 10% of your capacity to reminding you at 2 o'clock. So there are a bunch of studies that show that when you do that, your your attention drifts to the clock the closer you get to the time. So you're losing some of the flow state. Also, the, the The Zygarnik effect, which is this pinging of your mind by your subconscious to remind you, 2 o'clock, don't forget, lunch, make sure, make sure. That eventually leads to a feeling of overwhelm. Because your mind, your subconscious mind, doesn't trust your conscious mind. It believes that you need to be pinged or reminded. So the Zygarnik effect can... Take you over so by the time you get to five minutes or two the flow state is, is lost all you're doing is watching the clock and all you're doing is ticket watching the hands tick down so why does this problem you know if we know that it exists why is it so such a hard one for us to overcome well there's of course the cost of hiring someone reliable that i mentioned that there is a lack of proper software and tools uh, that i mentioned before and uh, there's the willpower that we think we need to overcome the problem, but the truth is that willpower isn't what's needed, it's skill. More willpower, according to um, Roy Boymeister, which is what we like to rely on, doesn't get us to where we want to get. Willpower is a depletable uh, asset, and we think it'll get it to us. All I need to do is to be more determined. And you know, when you're telling your friends, you just need to make up your mind to do it. We say things that imply that your problem is lack of willpower. Well, his research said it's not true. Perhaps more pertinent, and what we'll be looking at is that we just don't understand the problem. It's not a matter of willpower, commitment. It is a matter of the tools, but the tools don't exist. But the truth is, the lack of proper tools comes from a, a shallow understanding of what we really need when we ask ourselves to remind ourselves we don't know what's really going on which is why we use the word remind and remember so often instead of the word interrupt so i say this might be important to you if doing your best work on a regular basis having time in the week setting time in the week to do your best work is an important part of your week arguably it's the most important part of your week it's probably the reason you are hired by someone or you get hired by people is to do your best work and if your best work comes from these moments then these moments are the ones that are you might say the absolute most important times of the week. They're the ones that are the the, the, the the hardest to access, but they're the most precious. They're the most leveraged. They're the the ones that if you're thinking Pareto effect, they're the twenty percent of the time that produces eighty percent of the quality and the volume and the work that you do. So it makes sense to, for us to focus on what it is that's happening so that we can understand what kind of solutions are needed. Because if we, could, if we could actually get to some solutions in this conversation, this discussion, maybe your best work could even become even better. Maybe you're leaving money on the table. Maybe your inability to self interrupt is actually costing you some output. Volume-wise, quality-wise, maybe you're having to go back and fix problems and spend extra time doing that you wouldn't ordinarily have to do. Maybe there's a way to, to, if you're doing work for other people, for your customers, internal, external, that you could increase their satisfaction if you're able to solve this problem of increasing the quality of your work by managing your interruptions. So I'm going to assume that you're you've listened this far, um, you're someone who wants solutions. You're not just listening for the for the heck of it, and um, you're someone who is willing to make some changes in order to produce that result. So let's move forward with that assumption. So I've tried a number of tactics to to self interrupt myself, and I've become a lot better than I used to be, but there was a time when i was writing my book for example when i would resort to starting starting my time in front of my keyboard i would start writing at 3:30 in the morning so i'd go to bed early and simply wake up early and as we as i woke up a bit long before anybody else there were a few interruptions by definition because everyone was sleeping right so it's not a, a real solution in the sense that it happened in the middle of a day, but it's a tactic that I use in order to get by, and I've I keep tinkering with different ways to remind myself, and I'm going to share some of them with you. Um, some of them come from my book, Perfect Time Based Productivity, where there's a there's an entire skill called interrupting. So, first part of our talk today had to do with defining the problem. Let's now move into solutions, and. I define interrupting as the, the, basically what we've been calling self-interrupting, the skill of creating the right kinds of interruptions for yourself so that you can interrupt yourself, stop yourself, come out of the flow state in the mi- at the micro level, or come out of the project at the macro level in order to come up a level and ask yourself, okay, standing outside the flow state, what do I do next? So let's call it a skill. And I broke that skill down in my book into three areas three sub-skills. And if you followed my work in here at all, you have read the book or have done any of my programs, uh, new habits or rapid assessment program, you probably know that I've broken it down into three sub-skills. And the first one is to outsource the task of stopping yourself to an external mechanism so an external mechanism is one that requires no management value in other words none of your brain power in other words keeps you free of the Zagarnik effect because your your mind is not involved at all and I've mentioned a few other people device software an app um, plain old like a plain old alarm clock would be a device (laughs) that's a form of interrupting your sleep self-interruption um and there's probably others i just haven't maybe thought of all of them yet um but the idea is to make it make the interruption independent of your attention when you do so you leave yourself free to tap into your entire capability creative attention attention, creative ability, 100%. And as you do so over and over again, you become more and more capable, more and more uh, able to tap into more. You're able to grow as a creative person. That's the first. The second skill has to do with setting up auto-reminders so that when you're in the middle of flowing, so before you enter the flow state, you say, okay, I'm not just going to enter it and to go for the next 12 hours until I can't even think anymore and I have to crawl into bed and rest for another 12. No, you actually have a plan and you say okay I'm gonna spend the next 5 hours, after the first hour I'm gonna get up and walk for about 5-10 minutes outside in nature I'm gonna come back in and, and continue or I'm gonna set Pomodoros for example which allow me to take a 5 minute break every half an hour approximately and then at the end of 4 pom- pomodoros I take a half an hour break whatever the formula is that you prefer but you have a plan that's set up for you to manage your time while you're in the flow state you get you get different resources that are ready to you um, you get food you get drink you figure out where the bathroom is you don't have to go searching if you're in a familiar location you tell people around you um, you, you, that you're going to be in the flow state please don't interrupt you drink your coffee if you need that kind of oomph or that kind of support you make sure that your calendar is set up you block the time in your calendar and nothing else needs to be done during that time and combination of all these activities allows you to enter into the flow state completely, and it includes the interrupting activities. That I, some of those are I mentioned are interrupting for interruptions for self-interruptions. Okay, and then the third skill is what do you do when you're you run over. So you get to the end of a, uh, you, you all of a sudden realize that, oh my goodness, I'm over the flow, I'm over the time. I'm I've, I've now at five and a half hours. So how do you relate to that? And in the book, I talk about relating to that as a defect, an error or a mistake. And, you know, defects are there to be eliminated. So at a future time, you th- think about it. Why did I go over? What didn't work? And if once you, as you become very, very skilled, you would never go over. Not unconsciously. You could consciously go over. What you wouldn't run over unconsciously. You would know what you were doing. Okay? So, the interruptions would allow you to completely enter into the flow state. Completely enter into that time of intense work. When you're doing that project the rest of your life is being taken care of so that you can be in the flow state you wouldn't get interrupted by other kinds of disruptions that happen sort of by accident but the disruptions if you're skillful would be ones that tell you exactly what to do so for example you might set an alarm on your Device, phone, computer, app, watch, whatever. So take that break to go walking. So get up and um, use the use the use use the uh, drink drink some water, use the bathroom so that you can come back fresh. So that it's not just one unconscious flow state that you're very conscious about what, what you're doing and what you're entering into, what you're gonna do next. So it's a bit of a a mental and physical break. Um, I'm actually going through the list of, of of skills that you need to be in the flow state, so that you can get in it effectively and stay in it for as long as you want. Um, and the by the way, the flow flow is also a skill that's outlined in my book, in Perfect Time Based Productivity. It has a host of skills. It's, a, it's about Looks like about 13, 14 different subskills that relate to just flowing, which is the skill that's mentioned in my book. But anyway, back to, back to interrupting. So when you understand how the flow state works, it's not a leap to then start to develop your skill at interrupting if it has to do with the flow state. But how would everyday reminders like to remind yourself to pay a bill or remind yourself to get on a phone call? Or remind yourself to start exercising or remind yourself to take a break. So I mentioned those four because those are very different kinds of interruptions. Unfortunately, I've not found software that does what I'm about to describe, but I wish it did, which is to offer you an escalating kind of interruptions. An escalation where you have everywhere from a mild interruption to a strong interruption. So what do I mean by mild to strong? So a strong interruption, for example, would occur when you're waking up in the morning. You're dead asleep. You've created this self-interruption, and it needs to be strong enough to pull you out of the deepest sleep. So if you're a heavy sleeper, some people will put two alarms, one mechanical, one electronic, just in case. (laughs) But the point is that the combination of the two will pull you out of of, of your sleep. It's a strong strong interruptor. if you're going to have a meeting at let's say four o'clock later in the day you have a bunch of other stuff that you're doing you're focused on doing these things and you're not relying hopefully on memory at all to tell you that you have this four o'clock meeting so what could come in here is uh first a mild alarm and then when four o'clock comes a strong alarm So that if, for example, and this happens to me on weekends in particular, it happened to me just this past weekend, I had a 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. appointment on Sunday, the only appointment for the whole day. Now, Sundays for me starts off by riding my bicycle in the morning, taking a very long nap and then doing some work that I find to be fun. It's not sitting in front of the computer managing a whole bunch of different tasks. And the problem is that I don't consult my calendar in the way that I do when I'm on a, uh, in a on a regular day. So my system isn't flawless. So I have to consult the calendar a few times because I'm using some memory, even though I do use the interrupters, but they don't behave the way I do. I want them to all the time. I don't know why. And the apps that I've tried sometimes work and sometimes don't. So it's very haphazard, unfortunately. But what I would want that reminder to do for me is give me a mild one first and then a strong one just before the meeting starts at 4 so that if I'm away from my phone the way I was on Sunday, I wouldn't have to rely on my phone being with me in that moment in order to make sure I don't miss the meeting. What it should do is start making a strong alarm like it's going to wake me up from deep sleep so wherever I am in the house, I can hear the alarm and say, what's that? And say, oh, i had this meeting at 7 o'clock. So I've gotten around that to some degree by creating, wake up, using the alarm clock to remind me of weekend events. It's not a great solution. It's not integrated with my calendar. It's not integrated with my task management software. It's really this additional kind of alarm. But you can see what I'm trying to do to make sure that wherever I am in the house that I get the alarm and that my phone will be somewhere in the house and even if it's in a different room, I can still hear it. Some people have accomplished the same thing using a watch, a smartwatch. I can't speak to the efficacy of them, but I did hear from one of my colleagues that just the other day, he he, he had his smartwatch set and then the battery ran down and that was that. So a smart, a smart system, an ecosystem would realize that your primary way of being interrupted is no longer isn't working. You have not acknowledged the reminder, and then it would escalate once again to stronger and stronger reminders, stronger and stronger interrupters, so that in the end, this alarm would go off that you just couldn't couldn't uh, avoid. I've also used a countdown timer. So a countdown timer is really effective for entering the flow state. I've used the one that has a it has oh, this is, it's got a little bit difficult to explain especially if you're not seeing me but it has a it starts off as a full pie chart at the top of an hour and as the hour is consumed the pie chart gets smaller and smaller until there's only a slice left and then it the alarm goes off at the end of the hour so it starts off full red and then in the shape of a pie gets smaller and smaller smaller and smaller pie chart so you can watch it you know the one I have is on a on a phone that I have and I have it sometimes in front of me and you can watch your progress in a way just by glancing at you can tell how much of the hour you have left to accomplish this item in the flow state I found that really really effective uh, it, it's narrow the purpose is narrow it's a little bit like a using an egg timer in a way except it doesn't have any noise and the egg timer is the numbers on an egg timer are typically too fine they're too small you would have to actually stop what you're doing to read the numbers see where you are this gives you a visual at a glance a a good idea and there's some software that actually I'll put the the link to the software in the show notes but there's some software you can download for free that helps you that does exactly what I'm describing Uh, and then there are apps so unfortunately, the apps, as I said, are haphazard and I've not found one that's consistent. And here's the problem, why? I think the designers of reminder Reminders tend to be a part or tend to be a part of the team that puts task management and calendar software together. So they're, they're working on just one feature inside of a larger app or larger piece of software. In other words, they're not experts in interrupting. So I've tried to find experts who develop software in apps, in interrupting, self-interrupting, and I've not really been able to find them. They're, and I, I say they're not experts because they haven't studied the needs that I'm talking about in this podcast. They've not gone to that level of depth, so they don't really understand what someone who cares that much about their productivity requires to do their best work, either micro or macro. So I stay waiting and I'm hoping that you know, as a result of doing this podcast, if you know someone who's a developer who's looking for a good idea, this is one because the perfect interrupter would replace the Mrs. Landingham. They would replace your memory they would be flawless. They would exist, coexist on multiple platforms at the very same time. They would behave in concert. They would have some of these escalating features that I talked about. Um, they would work like a partner for you. And they'd help you to do, be effective and do your best work and avoid that frustration that I talked about at the top of the show. To do that, they would need to understand the flow state, and they would need to understand where this is coming from. So there are some distinctions and principles they would need to bring, but until that software comes, we need need to be the ones, because I'm here to say, this may not be a problem for a 12-year-old who has one or two time demands and keeps them in her memory, his memory. Because the number of time demands that they're trying to manage on a daily basis is really small but as you make progress from being a 12 year old with two time demands per day to being an adult with hundreds of time demands time demand is a task by the way the kind of task then as you get to that level this problem will must become a problem must become an issue and you must find a way to progressively resolve it. The bad news I have today is that it's not like you flick a switch and you solve it. It's more like you're gaining different levels of mastery. My experience is that you're able to go back and forth. You make two steps forward and then three steps back. It has this kind of very uneven quality where it's difficult to make progress. But I'm here to say that if you're committed to manage lots of tasks, then Your time is gonna be your your discretionary time is gonna be short. The time, the the opportunity for error is gonna be shrinking, it's gonna be getting smaller and smaller. You need to be effective in every moment of the day. And to do so, you're gonna need to be great at self-interrupting. Okay. So I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, just check out the show notes below. Um, and any feedback you have on this episode and keep listening i'm gonna i want to tell you about some some of the things that are coming up here at um, the, the task management and time blocking podcast and in particular our next episode coming up in just a few seconds go on let me tell you about another one of our our sponsors predict so predict is a software that allows you to schedule your days to maximize flow and performance not attendance because there's no point in working when your brain and your body are just not ready having two or three hours of profoundly focused work produces 30 percent better results than 10 hours of unfocused effort and predict is help here to help you find those 90 minute blocks in your day based on what your body and your routines tell you to do. That's predict P-R-D-I-K-T dot C O. Here's a clip for more next episode. Where a time allocation strategy will be more effective because if it's a complex task or a task we've never done before, novel or complex tasks then we can't actually estimate them. And instead, we should need to be allocating time to moving that forward. But then we also dived into, or we started diving into, which we'll get into this episode, is how do you allocate your time, both at the macro level all the way down to the micro level? And we'll talk about the three levels of time allocation and how to make those work. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. You can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community, community, mightytaskers.scheduleu.org and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming task management and time blocking summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of the other episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google or whatever podcast app or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode and until then, take care and all the best. See you later.